we're seeing the future. You want to hear what it is? I'm Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, Episode 379, Trend Forecast 2020. We see what's coming down the pike. We see it. It's It's always fun checking on what the trends are and what they're going to be. I do enjoy these. Yes. We took out our crystal balls (laughs) and we rubbed them and we looked and we thought and we talked and we've narrowed it down to some trends that we think some are going to be pretty impactful in people's lives and will continue on. And others might be, you know, sort of the- Short-lived? Yeah. Sort of the, you know, owl on your t-shirt or your mantle sort of thing where it's yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. I can't, oh, and butterflies or something that was last year. It was like, we, the t- by the time we said it, it was over. They flew away. Yeah. yeah they got scared. and So, away. you know, don't hold us to it. We're just giving well, you the heads some up. Some of these are things that we're seeing reported. Some of them we agree with, some of them we don't, but, you know, we find it's all very interesting information. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun. And it's just fun to know, right? You want to know what's coming. You don't want to be left behind. Well, it's interesting. I'm seeing more interest in making a room inviting and not so much of a focus on having it Instagrammable. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? fighting words, not Instagrammable (laughs) rooms. Well, I mean, not that you can't Instagram it, but the focus being on the room being usable and functional rather than having it picture perfect. Okay. And, and I think that's actually, I, I'm kind of feeling that myself. I'm, I'm kind of thinking, you know, let's make sure that what we're doing is working in our homes and not just beautiful. So true. Because life is not in a little tiny square. It is not. No, life is for living. And, and I think this is kind of comfortable. I think this has gotten out of hand that the focus for so many people, and I don't mean not just bloggers, but for everybody, I think people feel like, oh, I can't buy that chair because it's not going to look good on Instagram. <laughs> it's it's so not bloggers. In fact, I think a lot of the bloggers and, and Instagram people have are starting to get more real, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the people that are just kind of enjoying doing their homes and, and having followers and kind of enjoying that whole process of building a community on Instagram. I, I think maybe those are people might be getting caught up in, you know, what we experienced, you know, maybe a few years ago. And don't get caught up in the madness. Choose what you want because you want to live with it, not because it's going to look good. No, don't paint all your walls white because, you know, the minute you do that, everybody on Instagram is going to start doing something else. They're going to have black walls. <laughs> You're going to be like, <laughs> well, oh, that is the truth. If now are- I don't have a wall I like and I don't have a wall that's going to be popular on Instagram. That stinks. That's right. I mean, and I see people that wait five years to follow trends and by five years, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. But not gray. That was a good segue. We didn't even plan that oh, because- yeah. Don't worry, gray is still here. Yes, for however, 2020. Yes, no, I'm yep. agreeing with that. But I'm going to. What? However, the cooler grays I think are shifting more to warmer toned colors with yellow undertones. So the warm grays, I think, always been. Uh, it's still very much on trend, but the cooler ones, I think, have had their day. 
cool yes, and part of the reason that was is because people say gray, and then people are like, oh, "Just give me a gray," and they didn't. They didn't listen to our podcast about undertones. Number one, and number two, they would just grab at any gray that they saw and and use it in their homes. And oftentimes, there were the cold grays, and that is a wrong gray. So yeah, the it grays just, that well, are going the, to sustain are going right. to be the warmer grays. Right, because those cool grays don't work with a lot of colors and they just feel very cold. So I think that was their problem from the beginning. Right, right. So So what are you seeing? Well, okay, so we got the gray thing out of the way. Let me talk about a few bigger trends that are are here, but maybe people are not exactly – you know, codifying them into a trend yet, but I think that they will be by 2020. Um, these things are happening and they need to be recognized and addressed in how we decorate our homes. Uh, number one, I think people are tired of working for their houses. They need their houses to work for them. So it has to switch around. And I don't, uh, that doesn't mean, you know, hiring gardeners and a staff and all of this. I'm talking about like choosing items, choosing finishes, choosing furniture, choosing things that are going to work for you. Not that uh, they're going to add more maintenance. We're just too busy in our lives, right? So all of that, you know, maybe taking out your lawn and doing something different that's more low maintenance. Uh, You know, maybe putting in, you know, raised beds and gravel, something like that, and your exterior. Maybe inside, you know, if you've had a lot of things that floors you had to deal with issues or something, maybe putting in some wood tile or something like that, something that's a lower maintenance. Um, so I think whatever that might mean for you, there's definitely a shift in people's mentalities. Uh, you know, you, nobody wants to spend the whole weekend uh, mowing their lawn and trimming their hedges and then going in and, you know, and then doing inside maintenance as well. Um, also, people are tending to go to smaller spaces. I think the McMansion days are over. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Smaller, more efficient spaces. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to a lot of those McMansions. I'm sure there'll always be somebody that wants to live in them. And, and hopefully it's people with like eight kids. You know, Hopefully not just- people that can afford to keep them up. Right. Because they're, they're very expensive. They're very up. expensive. Right. And so, you know, I have two friends that bought very large homes that were, they got a great deal on because nobody wanted them. And now these friends, although they had all this space for their kids when they were younger, now they're in a situation where these are two different people, two different couples. The houses are in disrepair. And I think they're looking at it and going, I can't afford to update this because it's not just one bathroom. It's like seven or eight. Yeah. And that's just crazy. No, it really is. And, you know, if, if you have a big family, you know, or you know you're having a lot of people coming to visit you all the time, that's one thing. But just to be kicking around in a big space, I, I it would not be for me. And it is just too much to take care of. No, and it, it just feels stressful. And I'd rather stressful. be doing other things. Yeah, exactly. And how you know, and we're crazy house people. Imagine people who don't even care about their houses that much, mm-hmm. and they and they have all this to take care of. It's a burden. Well, so, interestingly, oh, go ahead. I'm gonna yeah, let you finish. The last thing is, and I think this is the most important thing, is the fusion between home life and work life. Uh obviously. You know, unless you're living in a cave, you realize that people are working at home a lot more now than they used to. Uh, even if it's on a part-time basis, maybe they go to an office 
you know, one or two days a week, or they work virtually. And so they're always in their own home. There are so many different ways to get, literally get the job done these days. And a lot of it involves doing it from your own home. Um, so I think the day of sort of opening up your laptop on the dining room table and then having your stuff spread out and then having to put it all away or leaving it there and having it look like, you know, just a a home office landed in your dining room. I think those days are over. We need to find a way and home homeowners, um, people and people who work at home have to figure out, you know, how they can best accomplish both things for so many reasons. Not only just the look, but that's important too, because as we discussed in just our last episode, you don't want to have things in open sight, particularly in your bedroom or in areas of your home where you're supposed to be relaxing that are reminders of things you have to do and things that might be stressful. You want to have a, you know, a stress-free environment to the extent that you can in your own home. So I think there are going to be spaces that are really carved out for dedicated home offices. Some people have that already probably, but I bet a ton of people that work at home don't have that. And maybe they kind of move all around. Uh, But I think that's inefficient. I also think that it does add stress to the overall household because there's always some reminder of a work project or something going on, something always sort of like your to-do list is always with you. And it also makes it very difficult to stop working because you deserve time to stop working. You don't need to be working 24 hours a day if you work at home, but sometimes that's what it's happens. It's so tempting. Right, because the line is so blurred. So I think the line it has to be a more of a bright line and there has to be a dedicated place in the home. And again, you don't have to have a giant McMansion to do this. You can figure out a lot of ways and a lot of places. Even you remember my story about how I put Peter in a closet? One time when we had a smaller house, that was his office. It was bifold doors. It opened. I I had a uh, plank of wood basically put from end to end, hid the cords, and there he went. You opened it up and there was his his uh, at that point probably was like a desktop computer and all this stuff. And then I closed it and it was the guest room. But that was a dedicated spot. There's so many modular pieces you can get at some place like Ikea to kind of build in a workspace in a kitchen nook or some other place in the house where you might not even need an entire room dedicated to being a workspace. It could just be in a in a guest bedroom or something. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a good point, Um, especially because we both work at home. I very much, that resonates with me. And I've actually been thinking about going back to the study because I used to always work in the study. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to the kitchen countertop. And then I realized, you know, that chair I have in my office is actually much more comfortable than sitting at the counter in the kitchen. So yeah, I'm, I'm moving that direction. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. You were talking about these kind of big movements and I'm seeing some movements too. And it's interesting that where you picked up on a few and I picked up on some different ones, but I think it's all kind of, uh, they're all going on at the same time. And the one movement I'm seeing is the sustainability and packing products where it's not using as many packing materials or they're recyclable and uh, recycling products so that, you know, we're, we're reusing things as much as possible. So I think this is going to become bigger and bigger as time goes on, as, uh, you know, people coming up who are younger 
people who are just now starting to buy furniture, you know, it's just more and more as people enter the economy where they're buying things, these these people are wanting sustainable products. Mm -hmm. So maybe the older generations don't care so much about it. uh, People coming up do. And so this is something I think more and more the companies are going to be very concerned with. And I think we're going to see more and more of these kind of products. And then the other thing linking with the sustainability is non-toxic materials. I think we're going to see much more emphasis on non-toxic materials. And that's why, for example, we love Aunt Fanny's because these are, you know, something that we, they're not full of all these toxins that are so uh, destructive to people's health. So I'm really thrilled to see so many products coming on the scene, the cleaning products, and even, for example, organic mattresses and you think yeah. why do you even care because you're not eating it but oh, the thing about it face well, plant be- right you just well because i mean it. that was my first reaction like why do i even care but if you bought a memory foam mattress anytime recently a lot of these off gas some horrible uh fumes that yeah. are not uh really good for you so it is something to really think about uh you know all of these products it's not just cleaning supplies, but other things that you're buying for their home, your home. What are they doing to your environment? Are they putting off some sort of toxins into the air or, you know, is, is, it, t- is it touching your food and then contaminating your food? There's so many things to think about. And more and more, there's so many chemicals that are we're being exposed to every day. So I think this is becoming more and more of an issue. And I'm glad to see that companies are taking this seriously. So true. When you were talking about that, I was thinking about two things, a rug I just purchased uh, for my daughter's room. And I, you know, it was going to be like a fun rug. It was certainly not a very expensive rug, but when it came and it was unrolled, the horrible chemical smell that came off it, I couldn't in my right mind and in any good conscience put that in anybody's home, let alone my daughter's room. Even when you touched it, it almost had like a like a slightly waxy feel. Like you almost felt like the chemicals were coming off on your fingers. It was so gross. Now did you take it back? I did. But this is what I'm thinking. Like years gone by, I wonder if I would have just said, well, let me just air that out. (laughs) We fine, right? That's interesting you say that because I bought a suitcase at uh, you know one of these uh discount stores that we go to. And it was a very, you know, it was a good brand. And I opened it up when I got home and the smell of it smelled like solvents was so strong. And I kind of had the, well, I'm just going to air it out. And then I brought it back in and it still smelled bad. And then I aired it out some more. And uh, just long story short, I thought, well, I'm going to put some clothes in there and see what happens. And I closed it up and I opened them up and the clothes then reeked of that chemical smell. And I thought I can't be, first off, I don't want to be any exposing anybody to these fumes. And secondly, do I really want my clothes coming out covered with that chemical? And then it's going to be absorbed into my skin. So of yeah. course I, I took that back, but you know, it, you're oh, right. I know. and it's such a hassle because I ordered online and it came, but I was able to take it back to the brick and mortar store that, I, you know, the big store that I bought it from. But I was thinking to myself, was also, it, what was it made of? This is, it was it polypropylene. 
I don't. I, I, honestly, I don't even remember exactly because what the I'm, chemicals the reason were. Because I haven't is, had a problem with polypropylene rugs. Well, no, I I know, but I buy almost exclusively wool rugs, mm-hmm. and I don't have that problem. I've not had a problem with that. So oh, yeah. I, you won't have that with a wool rug right. unless you have it coated with some sort of Right, know, but they could. So I'm just saying – so I'm not saying don't buy the polypropylene, right. but just be cautious. Yeah. Be cautious of where it's made, what the brand is. Oh, it was all polyester. And then whatever, mm-hmm. maybe they coated it with something. I don't know. But it was gross. But so but, I think you're more at danger if it's a polypropylene or polyester, like you said. Oh, yeah. It just – I mean, there was – it was just like – giant warning. I mean, almost like on a cartoon, like you could see like it almost like wafting off this oh, rug. No. How bad it's no. I'm but just I cringing. Was, oh, but I no. was thinking this, remember not too long ago? I mean, I can't, I guess I can't remember the last time I had a, a plastic shower curtain, but it wasn't that long ago. Oh um, yeah. Some of those and we would bad. just open those up and they just, it just was what it was. They just smelled like Yes. You were in a chemical factory, you know, and enclosed in a vat of chemicals. And it'd be like, oh, it's okay. Just unfold it and air it out and you leave it. Meanwhile, you're getting in there, like practically wrapped in the saran wrap of it. <laughs> what were we thinking? Well, but I have some friends that used to, to it. I have some friends that used to, when they were kids, ride their bicycles behind the mosquito truck, the truck uh, spraying the mosquito, <laughs> uh, you know, um, those friends are no longer with us. <laughs> What? They are, but they're a little crazy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I mean, when he told me that, it, it did explain a lot. Um, <laughs> and and that was fun? Well, they thought it was cool, but they had no idea this stuff was poisonous. Oh, my goodness gracious. I think when you're a kid, you think, oh, yeah, it kills mosquitoes, but it's not going to kill people. But you think, well, it might not kill you, but it's not good for you. Wow. Wow. That's crazy business. So anyway, yes, definitely. You know, people are much more aware. We're, nobody's saying, "Hey, that's fine. Just let that all those chemicals, you know, e- eke out of your shower curtain, and it'll be fine." You know, in a couple of weeks, we'll all be fine. No, people aren't doing any of that anymore. We definitely are. Um, we're speaking with our dollars, right? And people want to have things that are better for them. And, you know, then you can and at least be educated and say, okay, I don't, uh, I can't afford this rug that costs this and it's made of all these natural things, but I can afford this rug. So let me investigate and figure out, you know, is this really that bad? Um, most of the time it's not that bad, but in the case of this rug, I recently got it was not going to be something I brought in my house. Well, which also brings me to make sure you're dealing with really reputable companies that will take it back if there's a problem. Right, right. So some of the fluffier trends, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, yes, I made the a um, reference to gray. So let's talk about color. Um, strong color is still here. You know, we've been talking about it in 2019, colors coming on. But, you know, it's the pendulum. We were very neutral. We were very white. Um, right. And, you knew it was coming. It's coming. Right. So that's pretty predictable. Again, whatever you love. If you love your neutrals and, and you just went there, please don't worry about them going away. They're not going away. If you want to dip your toe into colors, add in some pops here and there. But heck, if you want to go with really bold colors and do what our friend Jen, who's from Tennessee, and she's on Instagram as High Contrast Home. She's a listener of Decorating Tips and Tricks. Jen, Thank you for your emails. Your home is so incredibly inspiring to me. We had talked about Jen uh, several podcasts ago about her dark blue um, master bedroom. And then 
she listened and reached out and I got to see more pictures. We got to see more pictures of her house and you can see her on High Count Trust Home on Instagram. Awesome, awesome, awesome. The way that this woman uses color is bold and beautiful. Um, but in the colors, as Anita was saying, in general for 2020, uh, it's kind of interesting. Definitely more natural colors of what people are talking about being the popular colors or the on-trend colors. So sort of the greens and the blues, um, bare Home Depot's paint color of the year is back to nature, was like a sagey green. But the the blues we're seeing are not sort of these powdery, kind of like what you would almost like nondescript blues or, you know, kind of your grandma's blues. No, they're definitely got more punch to them or they're kind of dulled down, almost like wedgewoody. Like they're interesting blues. They've, oh, they've got nice. blue, you know, a personality to them. But then here comes Benjamin Moore and their color of the year. It's lovely. But it's called First Light, and it's kind of a version of Millennial Pink. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Yeah. Well, have you heard about the Dulux Color of the Year, Tranquil Dawn? No, I haven't. So that is a serene, soft green with a gray undertone. So the greens uh, are in this year, apparently. But, you know, blue was so big, so it doesn't surprise me that they've shifted to green. Yes, yes. And it keeps, obviously, the whole, the green movement that we talked about. Um, Something other uh, that's sort of a, a bigger trend that's going on, I think people in general just have the desire to sort of freshen it up. Like, you know, kind of kick out the cobwebs. Clear it out. Maybe there's like an overall less is more in a sense kind of trend. I think that that's, you know, you might see a lot of maximalist decor in some of the magazines. But again, that's kind of like the runway. But I think for everyday living, I think a lot of people are desiring to sort of freshen up, change it up a little bit, tweak here and there, and just generally have like a cleaner look. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I'm seeing several things for 2020 that are the same as they were for 2019. So, for example, your marble, still hot. I'm not surprised. I think I'm that's going to go for either. a while. And the mixed metal still in. But I think that marble is going to stay popular for quite a while. And the mixed metals. I just don't see it going back to it has to all be the same metal. I mean, once that... You know, once you've opened Pandora's box, it's hard to, uh, you know, close it back up. People love the freedom of being able to mix in whatever they want. And I think they're not going to go back on that one. Yeah, I I agree. And also, if you see a trend coming and it's a newer concept, it's no surprise that it takes a little while to really sort of gain some momentum. Um, So, you know, if you're looking at a trend from 2011 compared to 2020, you're going to see some big differences. But from year to year, there's definitely going to be some overlap and some continuation. Right. Some last just a month. Yes. <laughs> some last um, a year and, and some last five or 10 years. That's and true. some never really take off. And there's, yes. which one we talked about last year, which is, you know, people were saying that Art Deco was going to come on really hard. Well, I don't think that's really happened. Yeah. Um, Hashtag although, eye roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but we are seeing these curvy sofas, which could be sort of thought of as Art Deco, but it also could be sort of pop arty, depending on the color that you get it in. Um, but particularly in velvet. But that's part of that whole curvy thing. Everything's got curves. It's all round. I'm seeing that not just in furniture, but that's just something I think that's going to be happening in a big way this year coming up. But it's hard. Well, maybe that's part of the organic thing. Like I always said, if people have, you know, if you can add a round mirror somewhere, that's a good idea because there's so many linear lines in houses. You know, there's things are rectangles and squares and tiles are usually rectangles or squares and furniture and walls and all that. So maybe it's part of this sort of, you know, natural organic. It is a nice organic shape, the circle and the curves maybe. But I think that these curvy pieces of major furniture are very hard to deal with. Unless you've got room to really be off the wall or sort of standing in the middle of the room. Like I could picture it in certain spaces where it would look phenomenal. But in an average home, I think a curvy sofa that's very sort of, a lot of them are very sexy looking kind of, you know, as sexy as a sofa can be. I'm not sure they're going to be working for uh, too many looks. Well, that's interesting, Kelly. I have the same feeling about the curvy sofas, the serpentine ones. I think they're a little off and not very practical. And I don't think they're going to hold for someone who has lots of money to burn. I think go for it, but I don't see this staying in style for very long. So I think it's a lot of money for something that's not going to be in style for a long time. However, there are a lot of curvy chairs that I think will be in style for a lot longer. So if you want to go for the curves, I'm going to suggest that you go for the curvy chairs rather than the curvy sofa. Okay. I found two curvy sofas just in case somebody thought, well, what does this curvy sofa look like sort of thing? Um, In two very different price points. So there's one called the Hewitt, from Wayfair, and that is a blue velvet, and it's $823. And then there is a emerald green one from Anthropology, which is $2,800. So definitely a bit different in price. Um, You know, have a look if you're not sure what it's all about and you're just dying to put in a a real statement piece as your sofa, you know, have a look and see. But um, it's, it's definitely one of those trends that will be dated. Mm-hmm. You know, an interesting thing I saw was caning is coming back in, which is kind of surprising to me. Uh, some people are calling it Vienna straw, mm-hmm. but this is something that was popular a hundred years ago, uh, 150 years ago, 200 years ago. So I'm kind of surprised to see that coming back. It's not great for a chair seat because it doesn't hold up real well. Uh, I have a lot of chairs that have caning in the back of the seat, some in the seat uh, where you sit uh, and some in the back, but I've also seen some headboards that have caning in them. And as much as I love it, it's really delicate and it's not going to hold up as well as a lot of other materials. So I'm, I'm not sure this one's going to last, but anyway, I'm seeing it. Oh yeah. I don't know about that either. What I also don't know about is asymmetrical mirrors. I, I saw this and I just thought, Oh no, <laughs> this is bad. Um, I would not like to look at those. I don't, a, asymmetry kind of makes me twitch a little. It is important. It needs to be huh. in a room, but I'd in, have an, to see it in one more. item, I don't like that. Yeah, that doesn't really sound It's like you picture a mirror appealing. with a frame that would go around it, but on like one side, the frame is, the, the actual frame is kind of just 
almost like freeform or kind of blobby on one side. There's, there's more of it. And then it's thin on the other side. Like I don't or, think I could use that to do my hair because then it would always feel like it's out of balance or something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, no, it's it's thicker on one side than the other. No, wait a exactly. minute. It's the mirror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not my hair. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like any of those. Uh, I think that's almost like bordering around silly. Something that's fun that's coming back, and I would think of it kind of as you know the textured wall art. You know, it'll probably be around longer than I want to see it. But then again, you know, it was around when people were listening to Carol King's Tapestry album too. You know, yeah, and yeah. so it's the peacock headboard is is now you know, kind of poking around again. Um, they've yeah. got it at World Market for a certain price. They've got it at Serena and Lily at a certain price times X. Uh, you know, if you find one at a thrift store and you want to spray it white or something like that for, you know, a fun girl's room or a guest room or a summer house, why not? And I honestly think it it is just it's been around and come back so many times that I think it probably would last the test of trend, a trend test, if you would. Um, right. If you like it, grab one and leave it for a couple of years. I don't think you have to shush it out the door right away at the end of 2020, but apparently they're back. Well, I think this is making a comeback, but kind of in a dipping its toe in the water sort of way. Mm-hmm. And that is animal prints. Those were oh, so hot. I think they're classic. classic. I do too. Now they were super hot, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but now they're coming back and I'm loving seeing them because I think they are so fun. And, you know, now I'm seeing them in fresh ways and different colors, maybe a leopard print in blue or pink. And so I think this is a fun way to add some personality to a room. And, you know, the other thing I'm seeing with the animal prints are the big florals and, like you said, the bold colors. So big, splashy prints uh, making a uh, kind of a splashy introduction. And I think this is, uh, I think this is, like you said, it's a change because of all the neutrals and solid colors. Now, you know, when it swings one way, then it swings the other way. So it makes sense that now we're into the bold colors and the splashy prints. Right. You were talking about metals as well, and I wanted to mention gold. Gold is here, not in the same brassy sort of way that it was in the 80s, but gold is definitely here, and I think it's going to stay for a long time. We saw it last year, and it is it adds warmth like no other metal can, and I think this creating a sanctuary, the whole idea of sort of, you know, like creating this coziness and welcoming atmosphere at home. I think gold really helps you do that, whether you pair it with neutrals or you pair it with black with for a little bit more of a luxe warmth, you know, a little more, a little flash with your warmth kind of thing. I think gold really can work sort of across all palettes. Um, and there are so many different tonations of gold. I mean, you sort of like silver is kind of silver. Would you agree? But gold can sort of have a lot of different personalities based on the the tones. Mm-hmm. I love gold. I think it's just kind of like you need a little black in every room. And I think a little bit of gold is nice in every room. And for me, the combination of the gold and the black in every room, yum. Another, <laughs> yeah. And, and jumping off that point is, you know, we had chippy 
rustic chalk paint, all that, like almost to the point where I was kind of gagging on chalk paint. <laughs> a little too much. Yeah. yeah for so long. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it a long yeah. time? I, and that was yes. just time for that to end. And mm-hmm. I, I think it now has really ended. Well, what do you think? It, it went with the demise of the farmhouse style. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, but I think you know, farmhouse, I think farmhouse, real farmhouse, I think it's still in style. I agree, but it's the faux farmhouse stuff. Is well, what the I'm faux farmhouse, about. but also the farm, the whole the farmhouse mass produced idea, farmhouse. you know, the with, shiplap, unless it's real shiplap. Yeah. Okay. But the farmhouse sort of grew out of, in my opinion, the chippy, the rusty, the patinaed, the barn wood, the galvanized, all of that. Okay. So I think that that, and it was almost like, it almost had like some dried flowers thrown in there too. Like that was a long time ago, right? <laughs> and then the farmhouse sort of became, as we're progressing now, I think the farmhouse has become now this modern farmhouse, which is cleaner lines, right. simple, cleaner, has some black, you know, has some this. It has um, woods with character, but it's not like there's paint chipping off everything. All uh, purposefully, you know, like you painted something to 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 then rub it back off. I think all of that's over. Uh, I think it's tastefully done a little bit. I think is fine, but I just don't want. You, I don't think the whole room. And I think maybe. And I do like at least one painted piece of furniture in a room. So I think there's nice to have painted furniture. But yes, the overly, overly distressed. I think that's out. And a whole room full of stress, distressed. A whole room full of painted furniture. I think that is has had its day. Okay, put a fork in it, as you say. Um, ochre mustard, burnt yellow, sunflower. I talked about this last year and it's still here. So if you dipped your toe into those sort of sunny colors, those really warm colors, which look great with gold and black, um, you know, keep, you know, waving that flag because that's still here this year. It's an easy color. It goes with a lot of different palettes. It looks fabulous with navy. It looks great with black. It's a great pop in neutrals. It's fun in the summertime. It can slide into fall. So I think it's an easy color to live with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did we mention velvet is still in? You kind of talk, hinted at it, talking about the velvet sofas. Uh, so I think the velvet is still uh, going to be around like a few of these other things we mentioned, like the marble and the mixed metals. And another thing I am seeing in new homes are these newer styled contemporary fireplaces. So I think there's been a major shift in the way fireplaces are put in new homes. And I think that's going to, I think that's going to stick. Yeah, they can be so cool. I, you know, I love my traditional fireplace and, you know, we get a lot of questions about fireplaces who so many times they're brick and, it's just this monstrosity in your room and should we paint it and blah, blah, blah. But if if you are doing a new build or you're knocking a wall down or something, so cool. Like, And you can see them. They're low profile. They may be long. You can see them from two different sides. Like They are so cool these days. So that's oh, a really yeah. interesting element. Well, and it's, and to- it's fun to see something besides the red brick fireplace has been done to death. Yeah. I mean, every, for a while there, everybody's fireplace looked so much alike. So I think that's the fun thing that's going on now is that there is a lot more variety in what the fireplaces look like. And I think anytime you're adding variety, 
and you're mixing it up where not everything is not exactly the same, I think that's usually a good thing. Touche. I think so too. Do you have any more trends that you saw uh, coming down the track? Just kind of uh, bringing nature in, I think, in general. And then I'm seeing this eclectic boho chic, which isn't matchy-matchy, that uses kind of a complementary color palette, uh, mix and match, and very much the wabi-sabi imperfect. Um, so it's kind of about relaxing and not putting on a show, which kind of links into what you and I had both said earlier. Gosh, good forecasters. Our crystal balls, let's see how they turn out, you know? Um, so as far as crushes today, I have one, and I had mentioned to you that I was going to this clothing swap party. And oh, so, that's right. You did mention it. I'm, I'm crushing go? on these. I'm, I'm dying for another invitation to one. So I did, I didn't. So I got this invitation from a girl that I sort of, you know, I've known for a long time, but I don't know her super well. Um, and a good friend of mine was going to. So, but I didn't know any of the other women that were coming. And I certainly wasn't going to say, well, you know, what side does everybody wear? Like, is it worth my time? <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, I was going to say, did anybody have your size there? Yes, yes, yes. She had, but she really only had. I would say maybe 10 women, eight to 10 women. It wasn't, uh-huh. but there were people in all various sizes. But the thing was, you know, people had brought things in their closet that maybe, you know, fit them this, you know, five years ago. And I assume these are nicer things. These aren't just like, oh, an old t-shirt. Of course. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you weren't going to bring, yeah, the stuff that you would take to goodwill. No. So I, right. I spent a good amount of time cleaning out my closet right when I got invited. And so, you know, it was... It was interesting because it was the stuff that I would take off, uh, off the, you know, the the ha- the rack or the hanger, and I would look and I'd be like, mm, "That's like too good to give away." I'll probably won't wear it again this year, but I'm putting it back in my closet anyway. So it freed me up to select things like that because I knew it'd be going somewhere good. Plus I knew, hey, I don't want to walk in there with a bag full of junk and I'm going to be the lucky recipient, most likely, of some nice things too. So I wanted to bring nice things. So I brought like six items. There was, this was a... I've never been to one of these before, but this had really no rules. It was just like, come with your bag. I asked, you know, is there a certain number? No, bring what you want. Some girls brought like three things. Other girls brought a trunk full. So I guess it was, you know, where you were in your purging. Um, <laughs> and as I said, I really didn't know any of these women except for the host and one other friend. But I met a bunch of nice girls. In fact, I met somebody who's already texted me and we're going to try to have coffee together. So that was fun. So I made a new friend. Um, and she just had one you were told to bring your things on hangers or bring hangers with you. So I brought some hangers, another good recycle of your, if you have wire hangers or dry cleaner hangers, that sort of thing. So she had a couple of racks and you just came in, you hung the stuff up. She did jeans and things like that folded on her uh, dining room table. Was there anything, was there any fighting over popular I know, items? no, everybody was very civilized. And that might've been because it was kind of like, you know, not, not everybody there probably wasn't each other. enough wine. There was more definitely wine. wine. I don't. I don't go out at night if there's not wine. So there was wine. And she just and had now we know simple nibbles. <laughs> I think everyone knew that simple nibbles. You know, it was so it was, she didn't do. I have to do anything elaborate. So I mean, I'm sure if you Google this, which I didn't, mm-hmm. but there's probably and what's it called again? A clothing swap. A clothing. Store. So I'm sure if you Google it, and, and people probably, I'm sure people do this for little kids. I know, in fact, people do this for little kids. But this is well, the first time I, kids. yeah, wow. that I had experienced this for you know adult women. I scored, you guys. Like I mean, I was almost embarrassed of the riches that I scored. 
I went home with like five or six items, gorgeous sweaters. Uh, I mean, this cute little tank top that was so tiny. So I took that for Ava. So, so great. I was so, so play a dress even. Um, so yeah, it was great. I've actually worn a couple of things already. So it's such a fun night and, um, everybody really seemed to enjoy it. And every, it seems like everybody was leaving with treasures and it was just so fun. Wow. Well, that's so highly recommend it. Yeah. Oh, and as I started to say, I'm sure if you Google it, there's probably, you know, somebody's done one of these and they have a lot of rules and maybe you even, you know, put in or you purposely ask people or who have the same size. This was just very casual. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's very nice. Yeah, it was fun. Well, my crush is um, the Netflix series. They have so many fun series on old homes in England or maybe on the czars of Russia or just different uh, historical things. And I enjoyed this so much. This particular show I saw was on Althorpe uh, and the Spencers, you know, Lady Diana, Princess Diana, that her, she was a Spencer and Charles, her brother is the current Earl Spencer and he inherited the family home, but it's full of history. The house has been around for hundreds of years. And so he kind of gave a tour of the house, talked about the history of it, the artwork in it, and uh, kind of all the interesting characters in his family history, which there's quite a few that I've, I had read about previously. So it was very fascinating. If you love history and you love interiors, I think you would enjoy it. And, you know, it's free if you have Netflix, it's included. And what's it called? Uh, Secrets of Althorpe. Secrets of Althorpe. Okay, good one. Okay, today we have tips, uh, two tips on paint colors from our longtime listener, Ashley. Ashley is of um, House Candy Home Staging. And, you know, Ashley, I think, sort of started her business when she was listening to Decorating Tips and Tricks. Oh, yes. So. So Ashley's been around with us for a while. And she listened to our um, one of our recent paint episodes. And she said, girlfriend, I got some colors for you. So... Ashley has used these colors in her home staging, and so she has firsthand knowledge of them. Yarn by Magnolia Home, and you can get that at your Ace Hardware stores. I have a new Ace Hardware store near me. It went in where my Osh, my my beloved Osh closed, but I haven't been in there yet, so I guess they carry the Magnolia line. Uh, yarn is a soft gray, and Ashley said it is really beautiful also stays true to the grays. And this other one is very interesting. It's a navy slash black. So it's a very dark navy and it's called Inkwell by Sherman Williams. Oh, interesting. And she used that recently in a home and to wow effect apparently. Yeah. I was thinking about your imaginary study in that dark color. I know. I really want to do that. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, I, I, we may need to do some paint here soon. So oh. I know, but yeah, I know. I'm thinking. That could be fun. I agree. I agree. Well, this was so fun today. Remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, 
any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.